0: You got the touch, you got the power,
1: yeah! Welcome to episode 7 of The Bomb Squad. This week we'll be tackling wrestling films, putting them in a Boston Crab, putting them in half Nelsons and... All the other weird things that you can think of that you saw in (laughs) wrestling video games as a kid. Uh, I'm Sean. I'm your podcast producer. My name is also Yogg-Sothoth, a mass of seething bubbles, according to HP Lovecraft. And with me, I have two people. I have Mr. Delicious. That's
2: right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Delicious. I'm here and I'll be your host for this evening, serving up delicious power bombs left and right.
1: (laughs) Oh, the power bomb. Perennial favorite. Um, and also, we have a third cast member with us, The Wife.
3: <laughs> Back again. Maybe this time you can just call me Woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: That's a wrestling reference. Maybe oh, somebody knows, reference, knows wrestling. Yeah,
1: my wife actually knows a lot about I don't, wrestling.
3: I'm a, I don't know a lot. I'm a casual wrestling fan, but mostly professional wrestling. It doesn't necessarily apply to the films that we're <laughs> reviewing this week. Glow. Yeah, right.
1: The shows are like three hours long now. You can't be a casual wrestling fan. It's I don't minutes do anything for it's three on hours.
3: <laughs> hey, Maury, yeah. I'm guilty as well. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: the odd man out here, Sean. No, that's fine. I don't
2: back down at, at TNA, and I've been to a WrestleMania, so.
1: Well, you guys are awesome, and that's why we can have you on the cast. I'll regularly bring people in who know way more than I do at everything. <laughs> going with the wrestling theme, we're going to review two films, one is Matthew Modine's, some bank call it his lowest point in his career, I would call it the highest point in his career, Vision Quest from 1985. Vision Quest. <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it 58%. I give it uh, a lot less than that. <laughs> <laughs> also, we'll be reviewing my favorite movie that we watched this week. I don't know if it was everybody else's. My
3: favorite out of the two.
1: Definitely a Abraxas, um, Guardian of the Universe is its full title. Jesse Ventura, what he did almost right before he became the governor of Minnesota. In fact, I think this was like his campaigning. If I can Make guard the governor. universe,
3: I can surely guard Minnesota. <laughs> <It's>,
1: <laughs> typically in these shows, we have some sort of news section that goes on in the beginning. Well, really, there is no news in the world of cinema that I find to be worth sharing. Anything that you guys have heard about?
2: I did hear a little something about the upcoming Star Wars movie. They are interviewing...
1: Billy Joel Osment? No, no, no. <laughs>
2: no. They were interviewing My Left Foot... Daniel Day-Lewis. Day Day Lewis. Yes. Daniel Day-Lewis was brought in with the production team about possibly being a lead in the new Star Wars movie. You could probably make an argument for him being the best actor of my generation. Just throw him in there to class it up. I, I mean, but, I mean, they, they've gone back to talk to Liam Neeson, About um, maybe coming back in a different role. I mean, could Mm -hmm. you
3: imagine if they just classically Shakespeare the hell out of Star Wars?
1: It worked for X-Men, right? The
3: thing I like about Daniel Day-Lewis, isn't he, like, a really, like, method actor? Like, when he gets in a character, he really likes to be that character. He's
1: going to be inside also, that time. So like, time. if he's
3: some kind of <laughs> Jedi or Sith Lord or who knows what he'll be, he's, he's going to do that full time. Yeah. Uh, for, for my left foot, apparently, like, he
2: taped himself down to a wheelchair for months in order to be, like, in that paraplegic frame of mind for the character. <laughs> How awesome would it be if like, he's in a, you're in a grocery store in L.A. and all of a sudden Daniel D. Lewis is beside you and he's got like a hood on and everything and a, a cloak and he's like, you will let me pass.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. So. A paraplegic frame of mind. I'm still stuck on that. I think that's a great, great band name.
2: <laughs> I, write it down, dude. That's it.
1: Oh, well, I guess on that note, J.J. J. Abrams also admitted that he used way too many lens flares in Star Trek. Said his wife couldn't even tell what some of the scenes were because there were so many lens flares. So, <laughs> Ray right for the lens flare camp. <laughs> I was pretty certain that he fucked everything up.
0: Yes, yes, he did.
1: It was the first thing I noticed about the new Star Treks. I enjoyed them, but there were like a million lens flares. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's our news. Really haphazardly, kind yeah. of put that one together because we'll be talking about one of the best space films of all time. Yeah. And then also Vision Quest, starring Matthew Modine uh, as a 26-year-old high school student. (laughs) But before we get to that, I think there's something really near and dear to to my heart, and maybe all people who love bad movies. How do you get people into bad movies? We're going to do a bad movie primer, so to speak. First question I thought I would hit everybody with, let's just compare... The then versus the now. As far as movies go, back in the day, I feel like it was a lot easier to get into bad movies. What do you guys think?
3: You might be right on some occasions. Because I think everything nowadays is easier, right? Everything's so much more accessible with the internet and uh, Netflix and Hulu. And everything's at your fingertips constantly. But I definitely watch movies more frequently. Like sat down and had movie nights, nights with my friends dedicated to just sitting there and watching movies that we had picked out way more often than I do now that the internet and Netflix is around.
1: Chris, what do you think about it? Well,
2: I I think there was just something to the smell of a movie store. Like, walking into a movie store and, like, seeing five movies for five days for $5 so you know, whatever, you because know, you would always do those VHS deals where you could just go and grab anything from the non-new release shelf and just watch them over and over again and just having movie marathons. The accessibility, I think it, it, it's killed. Because kids are now able to access it more freely, I just don't think they do it. They don't have the... I don't know intestinal fortitude to sit through a terrible movie just for the sheer joy <laughs> of of sitting through it. They
3: they're they're they'd rather be on their phones. To be honest, yeah. Back in the day before there was Netflix and before everything was at your fingertips, like I actually made more of an effort. I wanted to sit down and watch more movies and really enjoy them specifically. Now it's just like a casual. Uh, I don't know. I'm bored. Wouldn't, maybe I should watch something, I, but I'm not really that interested in it. I gotcha. And and to be fair, it's an awesome testament to
2: the awful film to sit through it. I think you kind of owe it because even though it's a big pile of excrement, it's someone's dream. Somewhere in the middle of this <laughs> this movie, no matter how bad it is, somewhere, Zabraxas was this guy's dream. Like, he wanted to make this film so badly, or someone wanted to pay to have this film made.
1: Well, I was wondering about you, too, Chris, because you have a son. Mm-hmm. And, um... He's fourteen, right? Yes, sir. Do you find that he'll sit down and watch these movies just like we would have done back when we were fourteen? You know what? I
2: can get him to watch, for the most part, a lot of stuff. Uh, he does about three different things at once. Um, I think they're like, the kids. They are just more technologically able to juggle different things because he'll sure. he'll be he has a laptop. And so he'll have his laptop on, and I think he's trying to catch up on Breaking Bad because I allowed him. <laughs> I allowed him to watch it because it's just so awesome. Um, right. And I don't think he'll be able to do, do math. I don't think he'll be able to recreate a formula. He's not that smart. Uh, that's
0: what you think,
2: right? So I think, <laughs> good lord, he's going to come up with missing teeth and a roll of cash. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, but but he he he's watched almost everything. That we've done. There's some that I had to make him leave, like Mm. the the chicken movie with all the sex and stuff. Yeah, you know. But but no, he appreciates it because he's like, because I'll hear him shaking his head and going, this is so awful. And like he's laughing. So (laughs) I I think he gets the gist of the magic behind just a terrible
1: movie. Well, Mm. that's good. One of the things I want to talk about as far as then versus now, whereas it used to be an event. I think it should still be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd like to give out some tips and stuff to people, you know. My tip will be go to Netflix, look up random words. I constantly <laughs> do this on the search bar. I'll look up robot or ninja or... Those are great so keywords. Many, <laughs> yeah, so many bad things come up. Or I'll look up one C-list actor or something, see what Netflix has that they're in. Maybe like Gary Busey or something. and be like anything with Gary Busey is going to be a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> What about you guys? Do you have any tips, tricks to somebody who wants to make a bad movie night?
3: I think that's the biggest tip right there is make a night of it. But, I mean, that's what I used to do when I was in high school and college, you know, because we had to, like, make an event to get everybody together and sit down and watch the movie.
2: You're right. I think uh, one of the greatest things about me not sleeping a lot, I'll just go into the sci-fi section of Netflix, and I'll scroll down, and I'll just try to find something awful looking or sounding. I'm actually looking for one to two star scores. And then I'll just play it, and then I'll watch it while I'm doing something else, like folding clothes at night or, or honestly sure. playing my 360, which is something I do at night while I'm watching an <laughs> awful movie. Because I want to see these movies and say that I actually saw them, but I don't want to invest the time to like not do anything else. A great way to do it is I actually made a list to, to get you started on bad movies. For instance, the best musical to we'll start off with is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Some people would say Greece, but Greece is just mm-hmm. awful to begin
3: with. I find it interesting that you jumped off
2: with a musical. I did. I jump. I jumped off. <laughs> I jumped off the musical. Um, it might be the the theater major in me, but um, for a while there, Rocky Horror was one of my favorite movies to show people and to get him, yeah. get them involved with, especially at midnight showings, because it's just such an all encompassing experience that actually invites you to tear the movie apart. You know, mm-hmm. talk through the movie, throw you know bring out your squirt guns during the rain scene and pull out your umbrellas and, and yell at Brad because he's an asshole. And, and then for comedy, I chose Kentucky Fried Movie. Um, Above the Law for my action movie. Anything Seagal, really. Critters is my science fiction go-to because it's just so incredibly awesome. Uh, the Last Dragon for a kung fu movie to start off with. Uh, sure. Return of the Living Dead horror movie. And, yeah, Severia <laughs> or the uh, Warriors would be a great drama.
1: As far as bad movies... And comedies go, I don't know if I agree. Like, I enjoy Kentucky Fried Movie, don't get me wrong. But I think it's funny. Like, actually funny. (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. what I find is, is that if you're watching a bad comedy, instead of it being hilarious, like a bad movie from any other genre would be, it winds up being not funny at all Mm -hmm. to watch. So you could watch, like, Epic Movie, for example, and then just have a frowny face on the whole time.
3: (laughs) I think the caveat, talking about bad movies, is the crossover of bad movies and cult movies. Because Kentucky Fried Movie is definitely, like, a a cult cult movie. It has a cult following. But it's a funny movie. I would totally recommend anybody watching that. But I think that... A lot of the bad movies cross over into the cult section because they are so ridiculously bad that people watch them cultishly to see how stupid and terrible they are. Absolutely. Like The Room. Yeah. The Room is probably at the top of my list to recommend to anybody looking for to break into this bad movie viewing because it is just the all around epitome of movies gone wrong. And he sincerely was trying to make a good film and it's. The acting's bad, the writing's bad, the set is terrible, the plot just like falls apart.
1: The important factor here I think that both of you guys have touched on is that part of the appeal, part of what you want to look for in a bad movie, is the fact that somebody passionately tried to create it. Yes. There's a difference between a B-movie and a bad movie. Mm -hmm. Like a B-movie is rubber suits and just going into everything knowing it's going to be terrible
3: probably in their eyes like the whoever made a braxis like you're saying like he really wanted to make that movie <laughs> and he put it out probably didn't think that it was a huge awful ridiculous bomb but it sure ended up that way
1: so i think those are good suggestions you can never go wrong with something like troll 2 or the room or Rocky Horror Picture Show, because they already have built-in infrastructure mm-hmm. to support it. You can go to a local theater with a group of people who love these movies to death
0: mm-hmm.
1: and watch them. Absolutely. So that's like, if you're going solo, I would suggest that. If you have a, a bunch of friends who want to like embark on something, I would also suggest just pick a genre that you like. If you like fantasy movies, there are a crap ton of bad fantasy movies. Go with something that you're kind of familiar with already and then see how terribly it can be done. That's where you'll get part of your joy from is being like, man, this is way worse than any fantasy movie I've ever seen before.
2: Mm-hmm. Agreed. And that's why I think it's hard to do comedy like that. I, th- I think it's hard to have come because the comedy that's awful is called a spoof movie. But most spoof movies are so mind-numbingly bad, it's not even worth watching it.
1: I'm sure there's bad comedy movies out there like that are really enjoyable to watch, but I don't know what they are. And I've never seen them.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's it, sort of the opposite effect. Usually yeah. when you find a movie that's bad, you laugh at it. So right. It's not meant to be laughed at, but comedies are meant to be laughed at. So
1: <laughs> if they, do it, if, if if they, they wrong. do it wrong,
3: then you're not laughing and it's not yeah. fun. <laughs>
1: There's really nothing there. Are you, are
3: you listening, Hangover? Are you listening? <laughs> yeah, right.
2: No one's laughing.
3: If you're looking someplace to jump into and you're not really sure, I would go straight for action movies. Especially 80s, early 90s action movies. Yeah. I mean, Commando, Total Recall. Oh, Cobra. We've already talked about Robocop before. Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme, anything he's done pretty much. Cyborg. Roadhouse. Oh, Swayze. Uh, Yes. Throw him into the mix. Roadhouse,
1: we're going to be reviewing on this show at some point. God, I hope so. Oh, absolutely. You can't not review that if you're a bad movie aficionado of any kind. I will suggest this, too. Like, if you got a group of friends, use a theme. Like, tonight we're doing wrestling movies. Pick an actor or a topic or something Mm -hmm. and find the worst movies you can. Find two of them or three of them and just watch them back to back. I think that makes it more fun. Agreed. Um,
3: Yeah, totally.
1: Drinking games, if you'd like to drink. Um, Although we did talk about this earlier, Maury and I did. Uh, If you're going solo on this quest to find bad movies, please don't drink alone. (laughs)
2: Then you're just sad. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's like just good life advice. Just for bad movies, but for everything.
3: I don't think it will really enhance the movie, though, if you're by yourself. (laughs) And you're just sitting there and you're like, God, this is terrible. I'm going to get really drunk. (laughs) It's not going to make it better. <laughs> I'm 23, it's Friday, and I'm drunk watching
2: Abraxas on my couch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so, yeah, hopefully find a group of people to be with. Yeah, don't be neckbeard in the, <laughs> in the closet watching Abraxas. <laughs> don't look at me. All right, guys, so I think we beat it to death. I hope it helps people. I mean, I always want to show people bad movies.
3: Mm-hmm. Me too. And that's how they, it's really a social thing. Like, when you find something so hilarious, it's hard not to share it with people, and that's how they get the cult followings, these movies, is like, wow, I just saw this movie, you'll never believe how bad it was. Mm-hmm. i got to show it to you. you. You know what's really
2: funny is that we had some of Joy's best friends come and stay with us for a little bit. And I have a ton of movies. And so we were talking afterwards after I showed them one. And her friend Diane goes, You know, you've got Pulp Fiction, all the Kevin Smith movies. She's like, You've got some really incredible movies. And the one movie you wanted me to see was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> and I was like, Well, everybody has Pulp Fiction. Who has Killer Clowns from Outer Space, man?
1: You need to be watching movies no one else watches. All right, so I guess we're going to jump into the first film for tonight, which is going to be none other than Matthew Modine's most triumphant moment
0: <laughs>
1: in his entire existence Vision Quest. And it is about well, Maury. You want to give the plot synopsis since you've watched this film 152 times.
3: <laughs> yeah, more like four or five times. I uh, like we said before. It stars Matthew Modine. He plays a character, Loudon Swain, who is a high school wrestler. It's kind of like a coming of age movie gone wrong. At the beginning of the movie, he has just turned 18 and just decides, hey. Because I'm 18 now, I want to make a mark, and I'm going to try to drop two weight classes, shed a lot of pounds so I can wrestle Shoot, who is a good wrestler from another high school. He really has no beef against Shoot, except that he's a good wrestler who hasn't been undefeated, and he wants to beat the undefeated guy, even if he's two weight classes down. Uh, And so that's kind of the driving thing of the movie, and then also... Along the way, uh, Loudon's dad runs into um, Carla, uh, an older lady who's 21, uh, and lets her stay in a room with Loudon and his dad. And uh, because Loudon has just turned 18, he totally has the hots for Carla and is constantly trying to get into her pants and is distracting himself from his. Vision Quest. From his Vision Quest to beat
1: Shoot. Vision Quest. So Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie 58%. Um, It was made in 1985, which is symbolic in the fact that almost all the films we reviewed in the past three weeks have been from 1985. It's a good year. Yeah. (laughs) If you ever see that movie, by the way, A Good Year, just don't watch it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, please don't. not made in 1985. God,
1: we can almost review that it's so bad. Yeah, so let's go ahead and just give our initial thoughts. On Vision Quest. Let's start out with Maury.
3: Well, like I said, I've already seen this movie like four or five times. The first time I watched it, I was in high school. My friend, JJ, showed it to me because he at one time had been a high school wrestler, and I guess this is one of the only one or two high school wrestling movies that are out there. It's, it's kind of a serious movie, but there's just so much random ridiculousness. To it. I I was just like, thought it was hilarious the first time I watched it. Upon subsequent viewings, it's not as hilarious, but first time was pretty good.
1: Chris, what do you have to say about
3: it? Uh, First time I I watched it, and it was probably
2: the year it was released. So uh, I would have been eight. It was one of those movies you could catch on HBO or Showtime and not worry about your parents, you know, catching you watching it. It was like it always lopped it in with White Knights, the cough movie. Um, and so it was one of those movies where I never gave two thoughts about it. Wrestling isn't huge down south, so it wasn't a movie that necessarily appealed to me. At least not this type of wrestling. Wrestling is really big down south. But wrestling, I mean, that's...
1: Classical. Yeah, like actual Olympic wrestling isn't... It's more like, can I jump off my roof? (laughs) Exactly. You you lay on on this plywood and I'm going to jump on the roof. It's not going to hurt you.
2: I don't know. I mean, there was a time when Matthew Modine was a black actor and it's still there.
1: Did you say when Matthew Modine was a black actor? No, no, uh, blah.
2: Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: was a black. Oh. the time when he was a black actor? Man, that was What is good.
2: this? C. Thomas <laughs> Holland, Soul Man? What are we watching? Yeah. It's just one of those movies that, eh, I remember thinking that. Who cares? I don't like wrestling, so. Mm-hmm.
1: My first impressions were of this film that Matthew Modine may be the Keanu Reeves of his generation. <laughs> Oh. Get get upset. He's really just like a two by four in this film. <laughs> he he doesn't have a lot of emotion. He's more like, Yeah, I'm gonna do that. That's great. Even when he's mad, he's like, Why do you gotta say that, Pop? <laughs> he he doesn't- he doesn't promote anything. He just has this surfer boy look and, I don't know, sweats a lot.
3: Yeah, you'd think it. He's on a vision quest. Like, this is a really big deal. But he doesn't really seem that inspired or no. passionate about it. Right. He's just kind of, eh, yeah, I'm going to wrestle shoot.
1: That's what, that's what got me throughout this whole film. Like, this film has tons of great characters in it. I yeah. love the chef that he works with. I love his friend who's an Indian but may not be an Indian. I love... Even Shoot has been targeted for some reason by Matthew <laughs> Modine. as like his arch nemesis. Shoot's totally unaware of it until like halfway through the film. Um,
2: He's like, for real, me? All right.
1: Cool, I guess. Yeah, but Matthew Modine is bland, but in a in a charming sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> so they
2: should change the name to Meh Quest.
1: Meh. Meh. <laughs> I agree. So let's go ahead and give out some of our favorite scenes. We'll go around the table. We'll do one each. All right.
2: Uh... My favorite scene is he makes the approach to him to let him know that he wants to wrestle him. And uh, <laughs> okay. so meanwhile, you know, you have to understand this guy has a huge two by four on his shoulders. and he's it's like a tree trunk. It's a tree trunk. <laughs> and he's walking upstairs. And here's, here's Modine, who is obviously at least 60 pounds less than this guy muscle wise. Guy is huge. And he's just like, I'm, I'm going to wrestle you. And the guy's like, yeah. Alright, cool. I'm gonna go bring this tree trunk down there. <laughs> you stand there in your letterman jacket and look cool. It's just, this is it. I'm throwing it down. You know, I'm gonna fight you, Daniel's son from Karate Kid. And it's just like,
0: right. meh quest. Meh. Exactly. We
3: were talking about that. And I just, how is this movie so meh? Just like in Karate Kid, the bad guys are like bad. Yeah. Like assholes. Like you hate them. But in this, there's like no bad guy. Matthew Modine just is like, I want you. for no reason and she
1: was like okay and Karate Kid for example just keep comparing it because they came out around the same time you've got Daniel-san who is really wounded by the end of the film he's like a flopping bird yeah yeah. he
0: gets his
1: butt kicked in this film the worst that this guy gets is bloody noses occasionally he gets a bloody nose which the referee is like oh man your nose is bleeding can't fight we just
2: learned about AIDS. yeah you yeah got to be careful. that's from the because of the protein because he's not he, he drops the weight so he stops eating protein
3: in so many sports movies you want like a training montage you know where people are like getting ready and usually that means like bulking up and working out a lot but this he's trying to drop 20 pounds
1: <laughs> our training montage he is bulimia
3: Yeah, so, like, you can't have, like, a cool montage with music of somebody, like, not eating.
1: Man, I don't really want to eat that. He
3: says in the movie he's on a a 600-calorie-a-day diet. You can't have a cutting-weight montage. So what's your
1: favorite scene?
3: My favorite scene and my favorite character and the thing that got me the most the first time I saw it was all about Cooch. His friend, who is an Indian, but he's not an Indian, which is the best part. It's the best part of the whole movie for me. He's going on, he's the one who tells Loudon that he's on a vision quest because Cooch is part Indian and he says, oh, I smoked a pipe and I talked to the spirit and the spirit said, you're on a vision quest. And he keeps trying to be his like spiritual mumbo-jumbo guide throughout the movie because his mom's an Indian. And then towards the end of the movie, Loudon goes over to get Cooch at Cooch's house and Cooch... Like, his dad is drunk and is, like, throwing stuff at him and beating him up. And he's got, you can see his home life is terrible. And he comes out and he's really down and, like, pissed off. Loudon's just, like, trying to cheer him up. He's like, all right, man, the spirit will be there for you. And he's like, except I'm not an Indian, man. I just made it all up. (laughs) It's a bunch of bullshit. I'm not really an Indian. And then Loudon says, okay, man, a lot of people aren't Indians. (laughs) That's the most encouraging thing he can say at this point.
1: And this is one reason why you need to listen to the movie Bomb Squad as to what to watch as compared to anything else on the internet. For some reason, IMDb does not have that conversation listed under its best quotes.
3: Oh, it's the best part. It is.
1: Cooch comes out and says, I ain't no fucking Indian. Just some shit I made up in my head. And he's (laughs) (laughs) cute <laughs> are coming out of his eyes, and, and Matthew Modine his cool surfer boy does. A lot of people aren't Indians, cooch.
3: Yeah, that's a really mess thing too. <laughs> just be like he's like, oh, your dad's an asshole, your mom's gone, and you're not really an Indian. Okay, Jack. Tap you on the shoulder. A lot of people are not (laughs) Indian.
2: I feel like there should be a soundtrack to accompany this, like a sound that like anytime he just says
1: something. (laughs) My favorite scene in the film comes with again one of the other characters outshining Matthew Modine. It is the chef. I really enjoyed this scene. His name is Elmo. He he does, says a lot of great things in the film. He's a chef. His life is basically terrible. And for some reason, Loudon Swain, Matthew Modine's character, is the one who gives him hope. Yeah. Elmo's sitting there at the table with him and Matthew Modine's just discovered a vagina. know. <laughs> <in> a- <laughs> He, before this he what wanted a vagina to be a, is. He, found out what, he wanted to be a doctor. That was his goal, and he told that to Elmo no. earlier in the film. But at this point, he brings out his book and he's looking at a diagram of a vagina. And Elmo says, What the fuck is this? Pointing at it, Loud Twenty's like, What? You don't recognize it? And Elmo says, Wait a minute, this is Coos! <laughs> First of all, Coos has the nickname for vagina. <laughs> it's then Alan Swain's like, yeah, I'm thinking very seriously of becoming a gynecologist. And at this point, this is where it pays off that he wanted to be a doctor in outer space or something ridiculous um, earlier in the film. Elmo says, a
0: coos doctor in
2: outer space? Man, you're flipping out. That was one of like, my lines. That's one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> so um,
1: now we have covered our favorite scenes. What are some of the favorite quotes that we found in the film? And uh, what's some trivia, too, if you know any?
2: Uh, Margie
3: Epstein. I loved your piece on the clitoris. I showed it to my mother.
1: Oh my yeah, goodness.
3: like he's never thought of sex before, and now he's <laughs> got a girl that he likes. So he's getting constant boners, and he's like, I must have a priapism. I just keep getting boners all the time.
1: How does he wrestle?
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, right.
2: He uses it as a pogo stick and jumps over people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's five points for not real. <laughs>
3: He <laughs> needs to have a boner more often. He a does. Visible boner. He does.
1: This movie. This is movie's rated R. You can show boners. It's all right. And you can
3: see fuck <laughs> one time. Just to show you how much looser they've become with rating systems. Uh, I don't know
1: about that. I think they've become tighter in some regards. But that is a commentary for a
3: different. Yeah,
1: yeah, looser and tighter. We can talk about that later. <laughs> um, so th- yeah, there are
0: two
2: things of note. This is Linda Fiorentino's. First movie, most people would know her from, I guess, Men in Black or Dogma would be the two. (laughs) She literally auditioned. It was her very first audition uh, right out of drama school, and she got it. So good for her. Uh, Michael
1: Scheffling, who is his rival. (laughs) Michael Scheffling is not his rival. Michael Scheffling is his friend. Oh, right.
2: (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Uh, Also played Jake Ryan, Sixteen Candles. But he was a member of the U.S. uh, wrestling team, and he actually won a gold medal at the European Championships oh wow yeah, so they actually had to tone his wrestling down in order for Modine <laughs>
3: to be like he could actually beat him So yeah right yeah, no, so was... much vagina innuendo cooch yeah. shoot
1: you ever called your own vagina a shoot no oh, okay
3: I've,
1: I've... <laughs> Bowden's dad is named Ronnie Cox look at all the sexual well, that's his real name that's his real name <laughs> 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 a, sexual a, a funny in thing
3: song. out of this movie I figured out is Carla Linda Fiorentino who ends up staying with them she says in the movie that she's from Jersey so she's from Jersey the movie is set and was filmed in Spokane Washington and she says she's on her way to San Francisco so like where is she going where how did she get in Washington why is she even there at all she's come from New Jersey all the way to the farthest corner I don't get it she cuts straight across the top and then it's gonna work down yeah Just the fate brought her there to run into Matthew Modine with a boner.
1: My favorite piece of trivia from this film, um, well, one of them was that Michael Scheffling was actually a real wrestler and was relegated to playing a Indian who wasn't an Indian in this film. And other than that, you don't get to see his real wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: also, here's a piece of trivia. Since no one else here is drinking, and I am, my drink for tonight's film is the Bloody Loudon. <laughs> basically just a Bloody Mary, and uh, I'm just envisioning that I'm drinking the blood out of Matthew Modine's nose while I'm drinking it. Very good. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, got a, an amazing 80s soundtrack.
3: The soundtrack for this movie is actually pretty good, and at one point I found it on cassette tape at a Goodwill and had to purchase it. It's got Journey, it's got Madonna, and of course, yeah, you can't forget the big... Theme of the movie is the Lunatic Fringe yeah. song, which is actually a great song by Red Rider, and like it's loud, and like pump-up song. Like every time he's getting really, he's jumping rope by himself, and he's getting revved up before the match, or he's doing push-ups. The Lunatic Fringe starts playing. It's a pretty good song. Those are pretty good moments. Some of the best, like serious moments in the movie, I think.
1: One of the the funniest scenes I thought in the film was the pegboard scene. Um, About halfway through, there's this weird pegboard in the wrestling room where it goes all the way up almost to the ceiling. And they have to take little pegs and climb up using only their arms. One of the bigger, angrier wrestlers who really hates Matthew Modine's character tries to do it in the beginning of the film and fails. Well, anyways, Matthew Modine, his coach, tells him, You're stupid for trying to wrestle. Shoot. Why are you dropping all this weight? You're passing out on us. Blah, blah, blah. I forbid it. And all of a sudden, he just runs out into the gym. And he's like, You don't (coughs) understand, man. Wrestling's all about me. Or he gives some weird speech. It's not
3: a team sport. It's not a team sport.
1: And he just, like, jumps up on the pegboard, starts climbing up it. And all of a sudden, everyone that dislikes him and all the people that do like him, it doesn't matter, all crowd underneath him are like, yeah! And the big wrestler who dislikes him a lot actually says, I can't do that, man! The coach comes out, and the coach is like, wait a minute, all that shit I said earlier, like <laughs> literally two minutes ago? Oh, that's stupid. Go ahead, man. This is all you. You, you made proved it. me wrong. You proved me wrong by climbing to the top of this pegboard. Yeah. You can wrestle shoot. <laughs> when, when that scene happened,
2: all I kept thinking about was the scene in Mulan where Donnie Osmond's singing I'll Make a Man Out of You. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: what he's singing in his head. That's what he's Let's get down to business. It reminded me the first Forrest Whitaker is in this movie, and he's, like, screaming at him while he's trying to climb up the pegboard. I just think Forrest Whitaker, like, he's become such a great, respected actor these days. but I, He's, like, in every 80s movie. Well, his, he was just a stupid high school jock in so many films.
1: His name in this film is Ball Pfft. <laughs> According to IMDb.com. You've got oh all God. kinds of great Schmoozler. Games. Schmoozler, yep. Oh, my God. Sh- shoot, Cooch. <laughs>
0: oh. This movie's awful.
1: <laughs> Are there any drinking games that you can come up with this film before we decide to rate it?
2: Anytime there's an 80s rock song, yeah, do it. I mean, yeah. honestly, like, like Maury said, Dio's on the soundtrack, Foreigner. I mean, come on, Sammy Hagar. This is like, seriously. It's
3: the probably the best thing about the movie. It's really good. It's the
2: only thing that's really getting a lot of points for me when we do the scoring is the
3: soundtrack. For me, I'm just such a huge fan of Cooch and him not being an in Indian. I would drink any time Cooch is on the screen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that anytime Matthew Modine works out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: For example, uh, there's a gay guy tries to approach him in the beginning of the film at his uh, hotel job. In front of the elevator as he's. Uh, trying to run away from this gay pass that was made at him. He does four push ups in front of the elevator as he's waiting for it to <laughs> arrive and then jumps in. Or he'll use a little hand clamp in the middle of a truck yeah. ride. Oh yeah. He just never stops working out in this film. Um
3: gotta so, lose that weight.
1: Yeah, so you'll be drinking a lot.
3: <laughs> Maybe anytime that there's any kind of awkward sexual references. Anytime he like he's looking at a picture of a vagina or he's talking about a preepism or he's sniffing Linda Fiorentino's underwear. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That was special.
3: The Holland Tunnel. Uh-huh. Oh, my God.
1: So there we go. There are drinking games. What are our scores for this fantastic film, Vision Quest? Maury, what are you going to give it?
3: I'm probably going to give it, I don't know, like a 10%, honestly. If I'm judging this by 100 being the, the greatest bad movies, this really isn't up there. It's ridiculous in a lot of ways, and I've seen it a lot of times, but mostly it's because I've made other people watch it. And the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it, but after that, it was, it's not really rewatchable at all, so I'm going to stick it down at 10%. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Chris? All right, well,
2: as usual, five uh, categories, 20 points like. apiece, graphics, special effects, I mean, six out of th- <laughs> six out of 20, I guess, to make him look like he can wrestle. Um <laughs> The plot, blood. Blood. Yeah. the plot gets zero out of 20. I mean, seriously, the successful wrestler drops weight to take on a wrestler who really isn't a bad guy. That's stupid. Yeah. right. Acting gets you uh, six out of 20. I mean, it's pretty spare fair. Replay value, one out of 20. Yeah. Um, there's no reason for me to ever watch this again now. Uh, here's where the movie shines and earns its points. It gets 19 out of 20 for the soundtrack and 1 out of 20 for Linda Fiorentino's Fine Ass. For a total of 20 out of 20, that's going to bra- raise the score to a wow. 33 out of 100.
3: Wow. Yeah,
2: the soundtrack and Linda Fiorentino save this movie. Nice. There you go.
1: Did you enjoy her gruffness?
2: I did. Uh, it's, oh, something about her just gruffness and sexuality just really tough. Yeah,
1: yeah. She wouldn't even talk to Kevin Smith. He was reported as saying he wished he would have cast Janine Garofalo in her place because <laughs> there were whole periods of days where she wouldn't even speak to him.
2: I know! That's almost <laughs> as good as so he feels about Greasy Reese Witherspoon. And if you don't know that story, it's worth looking up.
1: I will look up that. My score for this film? It's going to be pretty low, actually. It's way under the 58%. I gave it seven points for the What the Fuck is This? A Coos Doctor in outer Space thing. <laughs> um, I gave it... An extra five points for the Spaceballs princess screaming, I loved your piece on the clitoris.
3: Spaceballs.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing I recognized her from. Besides, she didn't look your her- uh, She was also Braveheart, right? Wasn't she the the princess in Braveheart, the Mel Gibson dongs?
3: Maybe. I don't Daphne, Duniga Daphne, Daphne Zuniga. Daphne
1: Zuniga. Spaceballs princess. Much better. yeah. <laughs> (laughs) I gave um, an extra five points for all the just random nonsense that comes out of Matthew Modine's mouth. He's supposed to be a doctor, so I guess they threw in as many medical things as they could, like talking about his low blood iron and his pre and basically everything else. He's like writing pieces on various body parts for the school newspaper. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just wacky. I gave two points for the coach screaming, fuck, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, because I really want to wrestle shoot, man. Fuck shoot! (laughs) (laughs) The only true anger that I believed in the whole film. But yeah, besides that, then I started subtracting points. I subtracted five points from the whole film for some reason that I didn't even write down. (laughs) And then those five points were gained back from the fact that I wrote the note, who knew that pegboards were so important (laughs) to everyone?
0: (laughs) So that cancels each other out
1: But I subtracted another five points For the fucking horrible voiceover At the end of the film Where Matthew Modine just tells everybody About how great his final trip was I guess he starts it with a voiceover too So it kind of bookends it I guess so He's like, I turned 18 and, and everything was great And I learned about sex and love And, and I became a good wrestler Yay, the end Meaningless and forgetful but it's just a terrible way to end a film. And, like, the screen stops. It's like one of those, like, somebody's driving off into the distance Free and all of a sudden friend. a freeze frame.
3: Yeah. He doesn't even, like, really hook up with uh, Carla either. No. Like, they're not together. Like, she just left Yeah. No, she, at the end. He was open, like, okay. He threw yeah. her a bone and she's like, I'm out. <laughs>
1: We have a total score here of 14%. Hmm. There
3: you go. Now, the the more I've watched it, the more I realize how meh it is really becomes. You know, somewhere JJ's heart is
2: just breaking
3: through. When he goes back to listen to this, he's going to, I know he's not going to
2: appreciate it.
1: Eh, It's all right though. Sean, I
2: do give you plus 10 points for your Matthew Modine voice. It's pretty spot on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. I, I really work hard on these voices. I think, you know, please go back and listen to episode three. If you want to hear Sean Connery voice. All right. So now we're going to move on to the next film of the bunch which I thought was absolutely astounding. Um, Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, made in 1990 or 1991, depending on which source you may ask. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, there are literally no critical reviews of this film. I don't know if it was ever released in theaters. I don't really remember. Um, I was alive at this point, but I wasn't really interested in it. But there have been 1,602 user reviews. And they have come up with a grand total of 21%. Mm. I'll give you the plot synopsis for this one. Jesse Ventura plays Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, who is like 11,000 years old. And his buddy, played by Sven Ola Thorson, who has been in a crap ton of action movies as like just a nameless European weirdo, basically goes rogue. And I'll leave out all the scientific jargon, but he decides that he's (laughs) going to capture this thing called the Anti-Life Equation somehow and that he has to impregnate an Earth female in order to make a baby who has the anti-life equation in its head. Then, I don't know, they, they break apart. He's questing for all power. Jesse Ventura's like, no, I'm a good cop. I'm going to stop you. And they go to Earth, and it's like a fish-out-of-water space buddy cop comedy. And
3: basically, Abraxas ends up trying to protect this
1: the boy special, from special from child and from...
3: His, yeah, ex-partner. Yeah.
1: I love this movie so much. I don't even know where to start with this, so I'll leave it to you guys. If one of you wants to take it, go ahead and offer up your first thoughts.
3: You want to go Chris? I went first last time. Okay, that's fair. Um,
2: <laughs> Abraxis. I watched this movie. I had not seen it since I. I can't remember the first time I watched it. What initially made me watch the movie was Sven Ole Thorson, who's going to be the sole reason why this movie gets any points whatsoever. Because he's one of my favorite huge hulking bad actors uh, from Copenhagen, Denmark. But basically (laughs) this movie is just, it's a chase full of some of the most homoerotic pauses ever found in a movie. Um, There are so many times where I thought, am I watching this or did Sean send me a link to a porn that I was unaware of (laughs) I just kept waiting for a porn to break out it is without a doubt from the from the incredible jazz music that plays throughout which is one of my drinking games um, there's so many from the I love children to everything about this movie is absolutely awkward and it's good to know that in 2013 it's still just as awkward just as ambiguously gay as anything else and God bless it, it's fantastic. There you go.
3: Yeah. The the catch enough that it's a sci-fi movie starring Jesse Ventura. And then as I was watching it, like, not only... It's not just porn. It's like a pedophile's wet dream. Like, this has got to be the movie that every creepy pederast guy out there watches. Like, there's so many <laughs> weird things between Abraxas and Secundus. That both of them, between the boy... As they're like running after him and/or trying to protect him, the music, there's like weird shirtless scenes, and it's just so awkward and <laughs> unintentionally sexual involving a small child. It's oh God! Insane. It really is. Yeah.
1: I, I agree with that 100. percent In fact, if you go on YouTube, you can find the scene where Jesse Ventura shirtlessly invites the small boy into the bed the with bedroom. him. <laughs> He tells him a story about two men, who I guess is about <laughs> him and Secundus, but it yeah. actually just it comes off creepily. He's like, let me tell you a story about two men who were friends, but then were enemies. <laughs> oh, it, his voice throughout the whole film, I gave it a plus five. Oh, wait, I'll I'll get to the ratings later. I'll just get to my first impressions of this film. It's hilarious. That's it. <laughs> And everyone should watch it You should be forced to watch Abraxas, Guardian the Universe If you have any hopes of liking bad movies Favorite quotes This movie filled with a billion of them I'll throw one out there just to get us started We have Sven Ola Thorson who is in the beginning of the film? He's on Earth for some reason. Jesse Ventura is trying to shoot him up. He finds a female who winds up becoming the female lead. He he like looks down to her her stomach, kind of touches it lightly. Are you a birthing member of the human race? <laughs> then he pushes her boob with his finger, like one fingered kind of push, lightly into her breast. <laughs> then he looks at her again. He's like, I need your body. <laughs> Best pickup line ever.
3: Yeah. Are you (laughs) a buzzing member? I gotta say, too, the whole time I was watching this, I mean, I love Sven Olthorzen. He he is really great. But the whole time you watch it, I'm like, this is the Scandinavian non-union equivalent of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is. He could have been Schwarzenegger, but it's not quite of Schwarzenegger's
2: caliber. And and you know what? It makes sense. He's appeared in 15 of Schwarzenegger's movies as an actor.
3: Well, they actually were friends, I think, because they were both bodybuilders way back in the day. Yeah, and he has a black belt
2: in Shotokan.
3: Mm. He's six foot five and a half. He's a monster.
1: Hilarious.
2: (laughs)
3: He's really great, actually. Oh, he's awesome. Jesse Ventura is just (laughs) awkward. His acting is (laughs) just, I can't even describe it. It's weird and like wrong in so many ways, but I feel like, the Secundus, like he kind of nailed Secundus, he did <laughs> I'm sure he did. Sven <laughs> did better in that role. I, it was more believable of him being a giant robotic alien person.
1: <laughs> Chris, do you have any favorite quotes oh, in this one? Yeah, Maybe some absolutely. To lead us into it,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Um, my box has VD. <laughs> There is no greater line that I think yeah. I will never reiterate. Just, uh, <clears throat> I love children. That's, oof. Yeah. You will speak when spoken to, or I will deactivate your vocal mode. Oh, my God. And my all-time favorite, it's it's not a quote, it's an exchange. Is when he walks into the store, or like he's or he's got the, uh, hey, what are you doing in my shop? I am recharging my answer box. Yeah. Because <laughs> you are a big man. And the guy goes, Yes.
0: What? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: I was like, Here it comes. Here comes the brown
3: chicken <laughs> <laughs>
1: So those are my favorite so lines. I don't know. What is your all-time favorite scene?
3: So hard to choose.
1: Um,
3: my my all-time favorite scene, the one that made me laugh the most. I mean, because the stuff with the box has VD and shirtless bed chats are kind <laughs> of given. I I knew those were coming, but there's these couple of cops who are like local cops in this town who are getting caught up in this, trying to chase down these alien guys that they know nothing about because. Secundus is killing bunches of people in the town. And they meet him on the street, finally, one-on-one, and they pull out their guns, and Secundus says something like, My DNA has been reinforced. Your guns will not harm me. And... This little, like, spunky cop, he pulls out a freaking Uzi, like a machine gun, just out of his jacket that you've never seen before. It's like, what about this? And just like, let's let's it fly. Where did that gun come from? How did he have that in small town USA? They're, like, the only two cops in the town. And then after that, he, like, drops it. Secundus knocks him over, and Secundus picks it up. They're just like, oh, this is interesting, and fires it across the entire town, and no one in particular, for no reason in particular, just lets, lets loose with the machine gun on everyone in sight. And awesome. And then he leaves it. And then he just goes and steals another car. Yeah, he's done with it.
1: <laughs> I really enjoyed Abraxas' dialogue. I know that Jesse Ventura can't act for crap, which is why I really loved him. And I love that in this whole film he tried to play this really low, it's all right. I'm Jesse Ventura. Nothing ever (laughs) excited him. It never was very creepy, sort of uh, remind me of the teacher from Beavis and Butthead, the the hippie (laughs) teacher. But yeah, it was coming out of Jesse Ventura, this guy who has like weapons of mass destruction and is supposed to be the guardian of the universe, except anyway. He has this conversation with Secundus in the very beginning. So Secundus, and I'll just read the whole thing because I think it's great. It's scientific nonsense, which is one of the reasons (laughs) I love it so much. Secundus, what happened to your face? Abraxas, I was vaulted. T squared. <laughs> Secundus, looks like they lined your skull with plastered steel. <laughs> <laughs> Abraxas, it's over. Secundus, right, I win. The girl will bear my child, and he will be the answer. Abraxas, why? You had it all. An almost immortal lifespan. Virtually unlimited power Secundus almost virtually is not enough when I can have it all. The key is the birth of the comita. The comita will be able to compute the anti life equation. <laughs> that child will be a comita. Join me. To stop me now, you have to kill the girl. I know you. You can't do that. <laughs> End scene.
3: <laughs> yeah, they, they keep calling the kid. It's called the Co mater and they never explain why or what that means.
1: Spelled C O M A T E R. Yeah. What that means he's like mating along with someone else. He's a co mater. Come You
2: could give me the You could combine this movie with the one we just watched, you could come at the snatch and crotch and snap. <laughs> uh, my fa- yeah. my favorite scene is the fight scene. They're just, there's At the, at the end? end, dude, there's random fireworks that have no yeah. no reason for going off. And then so true. the fight music is Kenny G. Like, it's just, <laughs> there's this yeah. quote unquote epic battle. And it's, there's like this, you know, this epic battle that's going on with fireworks, and it's.
1: Who did it? I'll find it. It's a
3: family. It's called the
1: Lehigh family. Elliot. A-H-Y, and they're, like, super good Celtic musicians. Like, if you go on YouTube and find them, they have, like, a really – a bunch of talented folks. Right. But this movie, they made the worst, like, Kenny G ripoff jazz music ever. It's
2: it's amazing. Like, it's just – it's so in place – with everything about this movie. Everything about this movie just says softcore porn. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just from the dialogue to the awkward pauses to the, I mean, Mm -hmm. good lord. It
3: has this weird, awkward dichotomy of tone, too, because Abraxas is supposed to be some sort of galactic cop. He even says it at the beginning. He's doing a voiceover like he's walking his beat.
1: (laughs) He says walking the beat. Yeah.
3: It's it's the galaxy, apparently. Right. And he in the voiceovers of which there's a few, he seems really casual and like in any other kind of cop movie from the eighties, but then when he's acting and when he's interacting with other people, he's very robotic and formal and Stilted. There are also a lot of scenes in the movie where I feel like they were trying to be funny intentionally. Mm-hmm. But everything in the movie is so ridiculous and doesn't make any sense that you can't really tell the parts where they're trying to be funny from the parts that aren't. I think the only one that stood out to me that was actually kind of funny is where Secundus is in the diner getting breakfast. And he doesn't know anything about breakfast and he's just like, give me this, which is the entire breakfast menu. And then he's trying to leave, and the waitress brings him the check, and he's like, what's this? And she says, it's the bill. He says, did I order this? <laughs> everybody gets one, I see. And he takes it and eats it, and he goes, very pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> that was the one I was like, I bet they meant that to be funny. That was probably intentional.
1: Right. They did do a jab at Star Wars, which was I thought was funny that this movie would jab at anyone else. And there's these two people we haven't talked about in the film, they are the intergalactic
3: operators. 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 Yeah. They're
1: like, oh my God, I something the bad's happening. We're going to send you to Earth now. They're called Dar, and I forget what the other one's name Height, is. The Do- right? yeah. Height. So Dar and Height. Dar happens to be the director of this film, <laughs> and the writer. Yeah. So if you remember Star Wars, um, it's just playing off that scene where they ask Han Solo how quickly he made it across the Kessel Run. Uh, with his Millennium Falcon, which is some asteroid field. And he's like, I made it in 12 parsecs.
3: Well, they use parsecs for a measuring time, which in reality, parsecs is not a unit of time, it's a unit of distance.
1: So, anywho, th- this movie made fun of that. But, like, that was one of the two jokes in the whole film. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jim Belushi has a quick appearance as the principal of the yeah. school that the little boy goes to. And the boy, so the boy doesn't talk. He's, like, five years old, and he's never spoken in his whole life, apparently. Right. And his mom goes to the school to talk to the principal about what's, how he's having problems at school, and the principal says kids are bullying him a lot. And his mom is like, well, have you ever just thought of telling the kids not to bully him? Genius. Like, don't do that. And Jim Belushi stops, and he's like, no, I haven't done that. <laughs> No, uh, I'll try that. I'll just speak to the kids and tell them directly. I'm going to try that. Was that trying to be funny or, yeah, or not?
1: Or just shitty? Or
3: yeah. is he just an idiot? I couldn't tell if that was supposed well, to be a joke or not.
1: He was yeah.
2: Two of my favorite parts of this movie, personally, since my guardian was an OBGYN and mm-hmm. since I have daughters, um, yeah. if your daughter left a day ago and comes back and she's nine months pregnant, probably, <laughs> how do you not notice or comment on that. And then she gives birth with her clothes on. (laughs) So right. (laughs) I was just like, did she she didn't even get naked? They didn't have she just had a baby. Okay.
3: right there all of a sudden I know bloated out of her the parents. I love how her parents just kick her out too okay. like what assholes her family are she comes back with a baby and they're just like get out they clearly mm-hmm. clearly did not like the teachings of Mary and no
2: it was kind of an immaculate birth it was indeed because you've been pregnant with his mom
1: does this movie have parallels to the bible <laughs>
2: Oh, my God, can I write a thesis on
3: this? I think so.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> my film school thesis about... Abraxas and <laughs> Parallel to of the Bible. Abraxas and Abraham.
1: Somebody work on that, please. <laughs> I want to read it. I would love it. So one of the things I thought was incredibly impressive was this movie's made in 1990. And the lady, the main character, she works in this health food store.
3: Yeah. Which
1: I thought was... Like nowadays you don't think much of it. It's twenty thirteen and like there's health food all over the place. Right, right. Organic mm-hmm. pasta, there's wheatgrass juice. Um, but in nineteen ninety in this place, Spokane, Washington, I guess, they were like on the ball. And I'd never seen any reference made to health food stores that early in cinema history ever. I think this may be the first. Yay! <laughs> so do you guys have any drinking games? I do. Awesome. Hit us up.
2: All right. I have three drinking games. Number one, anytime a soft jazz interlude plays, take a drink.
1: Nice.
2: Number two, anytime a car door is ripped off and or destroyed, <laughs> take a drink. Cause these guys hate them some car doors. Mm-hmm.
1: Were there more than one? Really?
2: Oh yeah. There's multiple doors ripped off. Like it's just. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't even remember. Probably that.
2: anytime there's a car. That's true. Okay. Anytime the the phrase "I must find Securus" is uttered and and he runs away, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Anytime that Secunda steals a car... Or a motorbike. Or a bike. Anytime he steals a mode of transportation. Because he, he's got to travel around a lot. And pretty much anytime you see him at the end of the scene, he throws somebody out of their car or off their motorbike and steals it. Well, that's because he keeps
1: to, crashing then. <laughs> yeah. Like the first car he steals, he crashes within like five seconds. He
3: just doesn't give a crap. Steal a car, <laughs> get to where you need to go, crash it. Steal another one, get to where you need to go, crash it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: kind of how I live my life.
3: Probably anytime, too, that he says, like, bring me the colmado, oh, I need the colmado. Anytime they talk about the colmado.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would go with anytime you're afraid for the little boy's virginity. <laughs> drink there are a lot of scenes that, yeah like the ending scene people might think they were playing this up but here's here's the setup at the end secundus is a, approaching the boy um in the warehouse that chris talked about being on fire and all this and he's approaching him in slow motion there's jazz music playing <laughs> and for no reason at all that i can possibly imagine Secundus slowly, like, pulls off his jacket
3: (laughs) seductively
1: Uh while he's walking towards this child. You gotta get it, buddy. Why? It's super creepy.
3: He doesn't want to be restricted. Uh,
1: Yep. For whatever he's about to do. (laughs) Um... The other drinking game I have is that anytime you hear some pseudoscientific bullshit, <laughs> yeah. drink. Because this movie's full of it. Like, there's so much stuff. One line I wrote in particular that cracked me up. Somehow they were trying to figure out how to get Jesse Ventura to follow Secundus. And he says, can you latch me onto Secundus' warp? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Then they go into detail about how and why they can or cannot do it.
3: Unfortunately, like, every warp can only handle one life force.
1: Yeah, and they so- say something like, you may appear without your gun. Yeah. Like, what kind of science is this? Like, oh, we'll oh, patch you. You'll be fine with all your clothes and stuff. But the gun, it'll disappear. <coughs> no idea why. I don't know. Your answer box will be okay, though. That's right. Yep. Ugh, cool.
2: this movie.
1: I don't know. Maybe you didn't like it as much as I did. I'm going to go ahead I'm super excited about it. I will probably watch this movie again (laughs) and again. I have to add all my ratings up, of course, because that's how I do it. I have minus three going for the pedophilia inherent in the whole film. (laughs) Um, I have it as a plus two, but then I thought better about it and put it as a minus. (laughs) And I was like, you I don't shouldn't want to
3: give yourself away. Yeah, I
1: shouldn't positively affirm pedophilia <laughs> in any film. Agree. <laughs> um, I do have a plus two for Sven Olaf Thorson's role as the stork in this movie. Um, basically, the girl has no idea how she got pregnant. She has no idea what babies are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a bunch of like uh, just misunderstanding here, and, and, and Sven just brings her a child. He's like the stork of Hershey Ron fame.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> a child for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, fly away like, There's a great fight scene In between Jesse Ventura and Sven Ola Thorson And great, I mean it In the most ironic way possible Where they're chasing each other in slow motion Because they're such large men <laughs> um, They're jogging through the woods
3: It was the most unexciting scene And then out of
1: scene. nowhere, after a minute Jesse Ventura leaps into a punch He like Leaps into the frame and punches Sven in the face I don't know, it didn't even seem like he was anywhere near him at first all of a sudden he's just punching him right in the head. So that's a plus two for that. I know a positive three points for this film, F- plus five for the amazing health food reference. I don't know why I like that so much. I just thought it was neat that it was the first film ever to have health food references in it. Plus six for the members of our force were taught to avoid VD. <laughs> line.
3: <laughs> Vibrational detection.
1: Right. So we've got plus six there. we got plus ten for the entire film's internal cop dialogue. Um, yeah, like Mori was saying, like Jesse Ventura is constantly saying things while jazz music plays, like, my partner's gone rogue. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> give it plus five for James Belushi making an appearance and acting like an idiot. Wow. Um, nice.
0: A pop. Very nice.
1: It is a positive in the regard that I hate James Belushi <laughs> and that anytime he reaffirms so he himself as a moron, movie. I appreciate it. Oh, plus, baby. Plus 15 for the Jesse Ventura and Tommy scene. Uh, Tommy is the small boy and Jesse Ventura is sitting in the bedroom, just inviting him to enter his bed <laughs> and tell him the sweet story. Hello, I suppose you're not tired. Do you want to sit up here with me? I'll tell you a story. <laughs> It's about two men who are partners. <laughs> and on, and on and on and on and on it goes. And so it's super uncomfortable for everyone, or it should be. Somehow the mother has no problem with this. It's more, there's another scene it reminded me of. In the first Saw movie, when Carrie Elwes is talking to his own child, whispering <laughs> to it. Oh my that, God. That, pedophile-like That was the of scariest stuff.
2: part of the
0: movie.
1: It was. I've been telling that to people forever, and they won't believe me. But, yeah, they don't see it. I do, and you do, obviously. Yeah, so if you want to see pedophiles on screen, check out Saw, and then check out Abraxas. Um, yeah, plus 15 for that. I don't know, I feel like I should give you more points. I'll give it a plus 10 for just generally being hilarious. <laughs> Very nice. I'm gonna fifty 59%. I thoroughly enjoyed Braxis.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What did you guys think? Maury?
3: I, I really enjoyed it, too. I think it is is done pretty well getting to that unintentionally bad movie. I don't have words. It's just so ridiculous. Ben Old Thorson, I like him. I think he's a great...
1: He's got great charisma.
3: Yeah, actor he, for what he does. and He's been in a ton of terrible movies like this. Bad acting, horrible music, and I would totally watch this movie again, and I want to encourage everyone else to go out and watch it. So off the cuff, I think I'm probably going to give it like 63. Wow. Yeah.
1: So we leave the best for there. last. <laughs> Chris? Really
3: good. Very nice um
2: yeah so for for special effects 6 out of 20 i mean it's pretty cheesy and standard fare for 1990 uh the plot gets a minus 2 out of 20 <laughs> it's just ridiculous uh acting 2 out of 20 and those are those are points that were gained back um replay value 15 out of 20 i could easily watch this another five or six times with people, uh, just for the awkward pauses, which another drinking game could easily be. Anytime you feel uncomfortable on the screen, take a drink. Lanyap, anything extra. That's just going to get a twenty out of twenty because honestly, this movie is as straight as a Rock Hudson movie with a wham soundtrack served at a drag bar. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. Uh, this is a movie like this is why I do a show like this. We were just we were talking about how to relate it to. This is a perfect example. If you can get this movie, that you can get exactly what we're trying to mm-hmm. trying to expound on with, with this. This is so awful and bad and so not what they had intended that it's it's absolutely hilarious.
1: Well, yeah, Jesse Ventura intended this to jumpstart his career absolutely. as an action star.
2: Yeah, this was supposed Shit. to be his Roddy Roddy Piper's. What, they live in uh, a catapult yep. them right into the Senate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is... Please.
2: So, um, grand total uh, being, it gets 41 out of 100. Nice. Yeah, mm. nice. This is
1: a pretty high rating. This may be one of the highest rated films yeah, all right. around. Agreed. Across the board of any.
2: Yeah, outside of face-off, I think this is going to be second.
1: That's pretty exciting stuff. If you guys want to watch this film, it is on YouTube. You can stream it in its entirety. Also, <laughs> you can watch the Hindi version there's a, a, I think it's called Kani Sujish or something like that, and it's entirely dubbed in Hindi for some reason. <laughs>
2: I did watch the first thirty minutes in Hindi. <laughs> did you I really? Did indeed.
1: I bet it doesn't make it any worse. No. I mean. <laughs> so yeah, that's on YouTube also. Thank God for YouTube. I know we were down in it earlier. For making people too uh, short in their attention spans, but seriously, you can get all these great old movies for cheap there.
2: Yeah, this one's
1: free. That's it for this episode of Movie Bomb Squad. Yeah, join us next time. We're gonna review. I think westerns is what we're looking at.
2: I was gonna say, why don't we do? Since it's October, why don't we do like a horror?
1: One in particular.
2: Delve into the
3: really
1: I'd bad I'd like one. to review would be Howling 2 actually, and that's off the top of my head. Uh, I would love to do that one. That,
3: Ginger Dead Man.
1: Ginger, uh that's funny. I don't know. I think it's one those intentionally funny movies though but it has gary Busey, so it's kind of oh
0: Busey!
1: and we'll do some sweet horror films uh maybe we'll review our westerns maybe we'll i don't know which one will be next but uh, talk about it but yeah we'll talk about it figure it out until then buff up on all of them that you can all the movies we just mentioned (laughs) and (laughs) stay tuned you can see us on youtube now yay we're there Um, just look up movie bomb squad. Sometimes that doesn't work. So probably you just want to follow links. I don't know how YouTube or what their search criteria is, but we don't pop up whenever I search for it. So basically just find us on Facebook, look up uh, movie bomb squad on Facebook. You can join our group and also you can find us on the web on our podcasting site uh, where you can stream or download the files at moviebombsquad.com. And you can also go ahead and email us at moviebombsquad at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or ideas or ways to make the show better whenever you want to send us naked photos. Please don't send those. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Unless they're themed after a Braxus, then please.
2: Then absolutely.
1: A tramp. An fan. answer
2: box. I'm gonna an get an answer, answer, answer. box tattoo
1: in my arm. <laughs> I'm gonna get cheese oh, across my chest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Woo!
1: All right, I was gonna make a bad joke about VD, um, but before I do that, we're just gonna go ahead and close out the show with our favorite theme song, Stan Bush. Who could have been another character name in Vision
0: Quest?
1: <laughs> Here, we'll start this out.
0: You got you the test. You, you got, got the power.
2: power. See everybody.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> Release.